Hello and welcome to the fourth ever episode of the underscore NBA News Podcast. It is 3.49 p.m. on July the 2nd of 2018. I am your host, David Bernauer, and alongside me is a man who just got finished for breezing an entire basement. It's Duncan White. I'm a little upset, people, but I'll live. Don't worry. Yeah, Duncan's very upset because of something involving LeBron that we will get to later. It's um, not that he went to the Lakers. It's not that. Oh, you ruined it for everyone who hasn't heard. Okay. Yes, LeBron is, in fact, a Laker now. Not much of a surprise that he left the Cavs. He signs there on a four-year, $153 million deal. And since we're talking about let's just start out with that. We had Paul George okay. first, but we're already talking about LeBron. So, signs with the Lakers. Everyone's excited about it. Yeah. For whatever reason. I mean, even Cleveland fans are, you know, they're all right with it. Yeah, Cleveland fans understand why he left, because the team was an absolute dumpster fire last season. Yes, but that was because of LeBron, but we'll just continue on with not talking about that. Yeah, so LeBron joins a Lakers team that is loaded with some young talent, with Lonzo Ball, Andre Ingram, and it looks like <laughs> the... Yeah, are you laughing at Lonzo Ball? Uh, no, no, not at all. I forgot Kuzma. I was okay. getting there. <laughs> Looks like they're going to keep Julius Randle, and as Duncan wants me to say before all that, Kyle Kuzma. Yes, who was the best rookie in the Lakers. Let's, yeah, not, let's, not, let's not forget about that. Yeah, he was a pretty good rookie. I, I actually think he's going to fit in pretty well with LeBron. If he doesn't get traded. Because he is, yeah, if he doesn't get traded, I don't think he will. We'll see. But he, he's a very good off-the-ball player, which is exactly the type of player that LeBron likes to play with. Yeah. LeBron can handle the ball all the time, drive the hoop. And then kick not out. An, yeah, not enough room to shoot in the paint. Just kick it out to Kuzma for a three. And then, boom, you got a three-pointer. And it's just for LeBron James. Yeah. And the best part about that for Kuzma, I think, is that he's not going to be a scapegoat, I don't think, because nobody on that Lakers team is at that star power level where they can be scapegoated like Chris Bosh and Kevin Love were. Yes, I will agree with that, but I will say this, though. There will be a lot of pressure on Lonzo now. Yes, for sure. If there wasn't already because of his father. But it is a ton of pressure now on Lonzo. No matter if they get another star, if Lonzo remains on the team, which I expect him to be, there's a lot of pressure on him because he's the one that's going to be spreading out the entire offense if LeBron's not handling the ball. No. So... We'll see. LeBron finally has a real point guard to play next I to. guess so. But he has to be able to shoot. Yeah, that's, which, that's my main concern with this Lakers team, is that there's nobody on the team that is necessarily a great shooter. And a lot of LeBron team's sort of scheme is him getting to the rim and then kicking it out for a three-pointer. Yeah, and those shooters usually just stay in the corner yeah. or on the wing. And Lonzo Ball did not showcase much of an ability to shoot the ball last season yeah ingram's not a great three-point shooter Mm -hmm. kuzma's decent at least decent he's above average but he's not someone you'd go to if you need a three-pointer necessarily he wouldn't be your first option right and then and then julius randall's not really a three-point shooter either so so you're starting lineup there now i think they're bringing back brooke lopez as well i would i saw yeah but I also don't... He's not a great three-point shooter either, so... I mean, he's better, not a, but he's not yeah. great. But he's... There's not a lot of shooting, at least in that starting lineup. Yet. That's the... Yet. Well, so yeah. far, it's only been, like, 18 hours since he signed there. <laughs> yeah, crazy first day. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so maybe Andre Ingram is like the most valuable guy now. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe <this>. Andre Ingram. <laughs> oh man! If you don't know who Andre Ingram is, he's uh, I think 29, 30 year old. Uh, oh, he's rookie. like thirty two. I thought thirty two. Yeah, he was, he was in he was in the G he, League for a he's while. He's an older guy. He's been in the he was in the G League forever, and then last day, second to last day of the season, Magic Johnson comes down and is like, "Hey, we're gonna sign you to a contract for the last two games of the season." Yeah. And there was a big thing about that because he'd been in the G League so long. And he actually played pretty well in his first game. I want to say he scored at least 10 points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He hit like at least four threes. He hit a few threes. I want to yeah. say he went like four for five from three. Yeah. It was... I didn't play as well the second game, but mm-hmm. still a pretty good performance for someone who's never played in an NBA game. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's exactly the type of person LeBron needs around him. So. Someone to make threes. <laughs> yeah. And, or just stand there and just wait for the ball. Yeah. Um, now, who knows? <laughs> a minute segment about Andre Ingram. While <laughs> yeah. LeBron yeah, James, Paul George, and Chris Paul have all same deals. We're talking about Andre Ingram. Yeah. All right, yeah. But moving on, though, yeah, we're, we're still waiting on what else the Lakers are going to do, obviously, in this, in this free agency. Because, yes, they're still trying to get Kawhi, but... What I've been hearing now is that they're just probably just going to wait it out with that. Yeah, I would definitely wait it out. I, I would mean, not give up assets yeah. to try and get Kawhi. If, now, if you what, if you looked at my Twitter feed... Uh, at HyperHorse14. Yeah, at HyperHorse14. Like, right when the Paul George deal went down with OKC, I was tweeting that it, the Lakers better trade for Kawhi Leonard now because you just saw what could happen. That if he, if he let's say, goes to Philly, they could... could Easily recruit him just to keep him in Philly. Um, same, like how Paul George stay in OKC. Or maybe this Maris Spurs can offer him $219 million. And that's a pretty hard to turn away. Yeah. So you're not going to get that money if you go to L.A. annually. So you could probably make up like $20 million in L.A., but you're not going to get that annually. So it, I, I'm worried with the Lakers, but I think at this point, because you did get LeBron this early, you wait it out. Because I thought there was a lot of pressure on them to go get Kawhi Leonard before LeBron made his decision, and that clearly has changed the entire process now. Um, so they still, I the only thing I will say though is that if they're gonna keep, if they're gonna try, if they're gonna get Kawhi Leonard now, it does help them in the future because then they can go and probably get another star via trade, and they can also resign Kawhi because um, right now they don't have that cap space; they only have twelve million. Um, so, like, it, it would help if they get his bird rights, but who knows? Like, you could just slide him right in next offseason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you want his bird rights to so resign him, trade for him now. Now, don't give up, like, your entire young core. I would yeah. not give that up at all. No. Now, if you're the Spurs, you're not accepting that. <laughs> so. Because they don't even want Lonzo, and he's probably yeah, they, their most valuable player. They have not. To give up. Yeah. Brian Winhorst reported that they have not included Brandon Ingram in any deal so far, which I thought they have, but they haven't. So if they do include him, then I think the Spurs will consider. Yeah. It, there was – sorry to interrupt you, but there was something that was written yesterday. I didn't read the whole thing because I just saw some screen caps of it on Twitter. I don't remember who wrote it. it might have been Brian Windhorst, but there was, it was some article about LeBron going to LA and the possibility of like trading for Kawhi. I assume I didn't read it, but Brandon Ingram was the only uh, young Lakers player that was mentioned twice. Mm-hmm. So that probably seems like it's a good thing that he's for sure staying in LA and it's part of their future with LeBron. Right. So, 
I mean, if you can keep that young core together, I mean, who knows how relevant you're going to be. Like, you could be pretty good like the Boston Celtics for, like, the next however many years. Yeah. Because, you know, once LeBron and whoever else you're probably going to get gets older, then those young guys can all of a sudden step up, and then they're the, they're the face, and you're still top-tier team. Um, now, I don't expect that to happen this year because uh, who knows what LeBron, who else LeBron's going to get. But it'll be interesting to see as David is on his computer. Yeah, I'm just looking to see if there's any free agency news that we can break here. Cause, uh, nothing to the Lakers. Nothing about the Lakers. Oh, oh boy. Breaking news. <laughs> Jose Calderon <laughs> signs with the Pistons on a one-year $2.4 million deal. Okay, yeah, woohoo. Now, if you don't know who Jose Calderon is, he's the only player in NBA history to ever wear number 81 and has the record for highest free throw percentage in a season. He was a teammate of LeBron's last year, and he's one of the best Spanish players in NBA history, I would assume, mm-hmm. behind Pau Gasol and Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol. <laughs> um, so how, how, do, how do you think this is? Do you think it was a good move for the Pistons? At this point, I don't think it really matters for the Pistons. No, because Jose Calderon barely played last year, but yeah. I wanted to hype him up a bit. Okay, let's um, let's go back to LeBron well, here. We, well, we also have Anthony Tolliver who dude, just signed dude, a deal we, with Minnesota. We're, we're spending time on this when we have to spend time on LeBron. Come on. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get down to this just this upcoming season. LeBron, if, if the team stays how president president constructed, I mean, they may get Tyreek Evans, but... I don't think they're going to get very far, especially now that, that LeBron's in the Western Conference. He's going to be playing the harder teams every single night. It's not going to be as easy as going through the East. He can't. Yeah. He's not going to bring this team himself to the NBA Finals through the Western Conference because I mean he did it with the East, but it's the East. Yeah. You know, without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward in the Boston Celtics. Yeah. East is least, best is West. <laughs> so at this point, where would you rank him? Like, where, what seed do you think? The Lakers? Yeah, as of presently constructed without getting their star. Maybe the seventh seed That's, yeah. at most. That's why I would put them, yeah. I mean, unless, you know, even if they do get, let's say they do get Kawhi Leonard, don't give it that much. I don't, they're not being the Warriors. At no. max, I think they're maybe, they maybe third the, seed. Yeah, I would say the third seed But max. it's, it again, though, it's going to be the Warriors and Rockets in a different tier. They're going to be way up yeah, there. They're, they're a completely different tier than the rest of the yeah. NBA. And I will say that I I feel like OKC, because I think OKC is going to get rid of Melo. And if OKC can, you know, it's going to be their second year, they're probably going to know each other better. They could probably be a real threat, especially if Roberson comes back and can all of a sudden hit some shots. And well, we know he can play defense. So they're probably going to be at the same level there, around there. Who knows with yeah. OKC. But there, there's no way they beat the Warriors, barring injury. Yeah. But, yeah, there's no way they win the championship. And I think everyone needs to start realizing that, that if just having LeBron doesn't mean getting to the finals every single year now yeah because they were the Cavs were very close to not making it last year mm-hmm. and if there was ever a chance to say the nba is rigged for tv ratings last last year's western conference and even eastern conference finals are definitely reason to believe that oh yeah definitely because the rockets were better than the warriors and then chris paul went down and then obviously chris paul went down and the celtics were very evidently better than the Cavs. The Pacers are better than the Cavs. Yeah, the Pacers are better. And then both times the Cavs came back from 
being down 3-2. And the Warriors came back being down 3-2 to make uh, episode four of Cavs versus Warriors in the finals. Unfortunately, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying the NBA is rigged, but if it is, that's a big uh, point there. But that doesn't have to do with really what we're talking about here. This is about LeBron. This is LeBron land right here. Hey, yeah. Um, just just so you guys also know the teams that we're thinking about, like, let's remind everybody, Portland was the third seed. They're, really? They're, yeah. Yeah, I guess they were Portland the Pelicans were six. Yeah, Portland was the third seed, and they're not going anywhere. So, they're right now, as right now, they're better than the Lakers. Utah, they beat OKC. They were the fifth seed. They're better than the Lakers right now. Pelicans, they beat the Blazers. They're better than the Lakers right now. And not to mention Minnesota, if they Jimmy Butler was go down in the middle of the season, they're probably you know top six. Yeah. Uh, last post and even just with internal improvement, regardless of whether they get anybody else, that's a major addition to the team. Right, and then Wig- I know Wiggins was terrible last year, so it would be hard for him to not get better. Right. Jimmy Butler is still a younger type of guy; he's getting better. And Towns is—I don't even know if—I don't even know if he's like old enough to drink yet. <laughs> he probably is, he but is. he's yeah. still very young. He's—he's st- he's not even in his prime yet. He's still oh, getting yeah. better. He's, yeah. So, but then also the Nuggets, they're going to yeah, be coming. Yeah, the Nuggets. They're going to be coming, and they're, they're better coming. than the Lakers right now. Yeah. So none of this, I don't want to hear this crap like, oh, Lakers make it to the finals. They're not making it to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they go and get two other superstars, then let's talk. Yeah, and so. especially the Nuggets with Michael Porter Jr. If he stays healthy and plays right. this year. And Jokic just got his max deal. Yeah, Jokic just got his max deal. So Jamal Murray seems to be a player who's not a bust. Yeah. Gary Harris, good player. He's, uh, he's earning that four-year, eighty-four million dollar contract. I think he got last year. Maybe it was sixty-four million. I'm not sure. And then Paul Millsap was, was hurt. Yeah, and Paul Millsap was hurt for a large part of the season. So, so yeah, Nuggets. They're, so, they're better than the Lakers yeah, right now. The, nug- the Nuggets are on a good track. Now, if we're gonna talk about, let's move on to like the pressure on LeBron now because he's in LA. He's in the he's in the Lakers uniform. Every single star that has gone to the Lakers. Has won, except for Elgin Baylor and Dwight Howard. Okay, but let's forget about that. Um, like, there is pressure on him to at least come through and get, I think, at least one title. Yeah, for at sure. One title. That's all I'm asking. Just one title. Now I'm giving him the bye this year. Like this upcoming season, I can let I can let him pass. Yeah. Let's not worry about this upcoming season. Now, to 2019 free agency. There's gonna be a lot of free agents are pretty good mm-hmm. so they need to cash in on that and then it gets serious i feel like for them so what do you think um well i think it's just nice to be able to hate the lakers again because <laughs> as as has been noted on this podcast i'm a magic fan and i first really became a magic fan in the 2008-9 season when they made the finals and they were facing the Lakers. They were got eliminated in five games by the Lakers, which immediately made them my least favorite team because they beat my favorite team when I was eight years old and didn't really have any other reason to like or dislike a team at that point. Right. So I've always kind of just hated the Lakers when they were good, and then I didn't really care about them when they're bad. And then you combine now Lakers are good again, Ooh, plus LeBron. my least favorite player <laughs> and LeBron James. It's nice to be able to hate the Lakers again. Yes. 
Um, and let me tell you, the league is not doing any favors for the Lakers, especially now. No. They're not of all the tampering <laughs> things with Magic Johnson and that didn't get Paul George, but. Yeah. But the Lakers are not giving, giving, getting any favors from any other teams. No. Especially the Spurs. They're not giving them Kawhi Leonard for nothing. Now, I want to move on to this, and I'm going to turn down my mic volume just a little bit. Oh, this is, so, this is the big rant. So. I was watching First Take this morning, and so if you were watching, Stephen A. Smith wasn't on, Max Kellerman was on for a little bit, well, Stephen A. Smith was on for a little bit too, but they're they're doing their special um, thing, that's what they were worried about, so that's usually they weren't on their usual uh, show in the morning, but they had some other people fill in, and one of those guys, his name is Ryan Hollins, don't remember him, he's a 10-year NBA oh, I player. I remember him. Uh, he played Hollins. for the Clippers, Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yeah. Also, the Bobcats and the Hornets as well. Yeah, I don't really remember because and, he's uh, he's he's not very relevant. No, he was not. When I came at call a good NBA player. Yeah. Right. So this man went on national television, and the question was for the entire panel. Will Kim was on there too, and the question was, what does this do? For LeBron is like see by going to the Lakers. Ryan Hollins responded, "It does nothing besides put icing on the cake that he is the best player and the greatest player of all time." Now you know me being me, I'm I'm not good. At, you know I'm not gonna go blow up right at that very moment. I've heard many people state that, and I'm not gonna go crazy. But then Ryan Hollins kept talking and kept talking, and that's where he, as Stephen A. put it, he committed some blasphemy by saying. That LeBron is the better player and more skilled player, which you know I could, I could believe that. I'm okay with that. I don't agree with it, but I I can take that. Then he's like, you know, hypothetically speaking, if LeBron James went to the Chicago Bulls back in 1991, I guarantee you that they would have dominated the entire NBA and not just the Eastern Conference, the entire NBA. And then would have won, never have retired, and would have won and won and dominated even more than Jordan ever dominated. I'm like, that's where I got pissed off. And then he's like, if you put Michael Jordan on these Warriors, or on the Cavs, sorry, if you put Michael Jordan on these on the Cavs, they were they would have gotten eliminated immediately. They would have not gone to the NBA Finals. And I'm like, all right, we can talk hypotheticals. We could talk theory, but that that's irrelevant at this point because you can't. I don't want to hear this era comparison. Like it's, I don't want to hear put LeBron James in that era. Which you know, I, if we want to do that right now, I guarantee he's not the same player he is today because of hand checking. And I guarantee you, what about zone defense? Oh my gosh, I guarantee you that he's not getting ten assists a game because the the floor spacing. I guarantee he's not going to be able to defend all those guys, and he's probably going to get messed up due to the physicality. Jordan did all of his dominating in that type of era. Now, you put Jordan in this era, he averages triple-double easily. He probably averages around 40 points due to the fact there is spacing. Like, imagine you can't double-team Jordan in this era. Like, you put Jordan in this era, you cannot double-team. There's no way. Because you, you, what he's going to do is just throw it back out. Three-pointer, oh, it goes in. There's an assist. Yep, there's the assist. It You cannot double-team Jordan in this era. And what did teams do back then? They double-teamed him because there wasn't enough three-point shooting around. So if you you just put Jordan in that post, you just throw him the ball, it's over. 
you, you can't do anything. He's just going to score on you, or you double-team, and it goes out for a three. So, I don't want to hear the hypotheticals anymore, because if you do that, you're wrong. Then, he's, Ryan Hollins pointed out, he's like, so, th- but remember, Jordan had faced weaker competition. It was so much weaker, and LeBron has faced so much tougher competition, and that's, that's what makes him so great. Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you, Jordan has beat 20 50-plus win teams in the playoffs. How many has LeBron beaten? I think it's six or seven. It's not. That's the stat? It was before these playoffs was 10. Now it's oh. 13. I take one away, though, because he beat a Boston Celtics team that didn't have Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward. But let's put that aside. Jordan also beat seven 60-plus win teams. He faced nine. Yeah, but how many 70-plus wins teams has Michael Jordan beat? Zero. LeBron, one. <laughs> LeBron James has faced seven 60-plus win teams. His record is three and four. Don't get, don't ever tell me that LeBron James faced tougher competition in the NBA playoffs. LeBron has gone through the Eastern Conference much easily because the Eastern Conference is weak. It, it don't even get me started on on that. If you say Jordan weaker competition, you're wrong. Ryan Hollins. Get up national television, because you you can't say that on national television. Now let's move on to this. Ryan Hollins also point out, you know, the skills and everything. Sure. Can I just remind everybody that Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple double these last two seasons? Yeah, you can. You just did. Yeah. Let me be very, very clear. It is so much easier to get those stats in today's game. So don't point out to don't point to the stats. Yes, Michael Jordan's gonna not no LeBron is gonna pass Michael Jordan scoring. Yes. Why? Because LeBron James played more years and also you average more points in today's NBA game. He's gonna have more rebounds. He should. He's six eight and two sixty. Yeah, and outweighs Michael Jordan by like forty or fifty pounds. Yes. Yeah. And Jordan was pretty good rebounder back in his day for his position and his size. He's going to have more assists. Again, what did I tell you? If Jordan was in today's game, he'd have he'd be averaging a triple-double. Like, Plus, th- it's part of the position he plays. Shooting guard. Oh, even <laughs> Not even that. That's it's just, the role. It's the fact that you have so much more spacing in today's game. LeBron can just drive and just kick it out, and it's a three-point shot. There's the assist. Jordan couldn't do that. It's so much harder to set up teammates back in the day. Now, if you look at today's game, it's like, oh, LeBron just going to the lane, kick out. All right. There we go. There's the assist. Don't get me started on those stats. But I point to Russell Westbrook, though, because Russell Westbrook's 6'3", and is out-rebounding LeBron James. And Curry also, in two finals ago, averaged nine rebounds in the NBA Finals. It's so much easier to get those stats in today's game. You cannot point to stats. So Nick Wright, who's also on Fox and also points to the stats, his argument is also flawed because of that. And then Ryan Howitz is like, well, look at the stats. No, you can't look at the stats. You have to look at, if you're going to even get into this debate, you have to look at the eras and look how a player dominated and how the competition was for them. LeBron James went to the NBA Finals this year because of the weak Eastern Conference. He's not going to get through the Western Conference that easily. And I feel like this year specifically, it's going to show that he cannot just go right through the entire league that easily. It was because of the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And, like, putting back to your thing about 
how there's more talent in the 90s and how people say that there's a lot more talent today. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is sort of recency bias with all the... Okay, don't live in a moment, people. Yeah, all stars that we have now. But, like, people forget that Richard Lewis was an all-star twice. Elton Brand was a star player. Amari Stoudemire was a star player. Which like you just reminded me ago. of something. Okay. <laughs> Amari right, Stoudemire was a star talking. player. Yeah. Nobody else has really come to me off the top of my head, but I'm sure you could look at all-star teams from like the 2000s and be like, oh yeah, I forgot that he was an all-star player. Like a lot of it is recency bias. Some of these guys that we look back on, we're like, oh yeah, he was an all-star. Like maybe like Paul, like Paul Millsap. I think he's People a prime candidate to be yeah. that type of guy because he's a, like three or four time All Star. When you think All Star, Paul Millsap isn't necessarily the first guy that comes to mind. Oh, absolutely, so he's going to be one of those guys. I think that's like a forgotten star of the 2010s. Well, yet again, but he's a prime example also to show that Eastern Conference is that weak. Yeah, because he's not going to make the Western Conference All Star team. People is in Western Conference yeah. at that time. So, so, obviously, I wasn't alive for the 90s to watch the basketball. I'm sure there's a lot of players from back then that were considered stars back then. Oh, yeah. But are a lot more forgotten about. Like, maybe, like, Dan Marley or... I don't know if Rex Chapman was good, but I saw him on TV, like, yesterday before. So he's a name that comes to mind. Or Tom Chambers, too. He held, he held the Phoenix on scoring record, I think, before Devin Booker broke it mm. two seasons back. That's all I really have, that awkward transition out of well, that. Well, uh, here, but <laughs> you, you, you also... You brought up your match, your Rashard Lewis, and, you know... Yeah. That's, the, the, he was the first NBA player I ever met. So... I also want to get to. I'm not. I don't want to, people to say also that like I'm just kind of glossing over what Jordan did in his first couple of years, because David's like you forget Jordan w- lost in the first round of the playoffs. You know his early years. Yes, he lost to the Boston Celtics team who won the NBA championship. Can we just all remember that he lost to the Boston Celtics team and he only missed the playoffs his rookie season. He didn't. Every single year after that, he made the playoffs. LeBron misses missed the playoffs his first two seasons. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then, the, then the next part is like, well, Jordan, he kept losing to the Pistons, and then they got old, and then he, then he couldn't, then he, then he finally beat them because they got old. The Pistons were in the conference finals, and they were still pushing and shoving every single player, just, just throw them on the ground. It, that's the reason they call them bad boys. Jordan then beat them, and he destroyed them. LeBron James, if I remember correctly, there was a Boston Celtics team that was formed in 08. If I remember correctly, that team was pretty good. And they, yes, they won the NBA championship. But if also I remember, they, LeBron couldn't get past them. Am I correct? No, they, they did in 2012. No, no, no. When, when LeBron was in Cleveland, he could not get past the Boston Celtics, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo. They were, he could not get past them. Yes, he, he, he went to the NBA Finals in 07, but yet again, it, it's the weak Easter Conference. Granted, the Pistons were pretty good, and the Magic were just starting to get there, but the Magic were young, like the Indiana Pacers this year. But if you the, if you look at how you know everyone points to the Pistons, how they got old, the Celtics, they they dominated the Easter Conference that year. LeBron couldn't get past them. What did LeBron have to do to beat them? He uh, he teamed up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Yes. What did Jordan have to do to beat the Pistons? Just get uh, better get every better. single year and stay in the same team. So don't point to the fact that the Pistons got old. Because the Boston Celtics got old too. But what did LeBron have to do to beat them? He had to go team up with two Hall of Famers and also go on a team with a bunch of shooters 
Yeah, to finally but the get. Miami Heat were like 47 and 35 when he went there. Oh my god, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> People who say that we gloss over Michael Jordan's early earlier career and just, you know, jump right into the to the 6 and 0 finals record. We don't forget about that, but when we look at it, we also look at LeBron losing to the Celtics and couldn't get past them and what he did he have to do to get past them yeah and I'll, I'll look back we're just gonna go into this quick about Michael Jordan's uh record one and nine without Scottie Pippen he had to face the Milwaukee Bucks the first time he was in the playoffs mm-hmm. Boston which, Celtics also <laughs> well that but the first first year he was in the playoffs he had to face the Milwaukee Bucks for the second seed in the east and, and they were pretty good and were like the number one defensive team in the league and had Terry Cummings, who was one of the best players of the 80s. I want to say uh, Paul Pressey, I think his name was, Phil Pressey. And Sidney Phil Mon- Pressey, yeah. yeah, Phil Pressey, because his son was on the Celtics at one point. And then Sidney Moncrief, mm-hmm. who won the first, I think, two Defensive Player of the Year awards. Right. That's a very hard team to score on. Yeah, and let me remind everybody, LeBron didn't win until he had Dwayne Wayne and Chris Bosh. So, remember, Michael Jordan, you know. He, and also he had nobody. Back, yeah. And also back then, the first round was a best of five series. So there's less chance to even just come back in his series as right. well. Yeah. So the Bulls took one game against them and lost the next three. Next time they're in the playoffs, they're facing the iconic Boston Celtics teams of the 80s that had Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Parrish and Dennis yeah. Johnson on those teams, plus Danny Ainge, who was an all-star a few times as well. Yes. I mean, Despite switching from baseball to basketball. Yes. Underrated one of the best athletes of all time. Anyway, so they ob- obviously they got swept by them one of those years, except in one of those series, Michael Jordan averaged 43 points per game. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that is a little inflated because he scored, I think it was 63 against the Celtics in one of those games. Yeah, in Boston. In Boston, which Larry Bird described him as, like, Jesus on a basketball court. Right. Or, like, Jesus just... Dis- in disguise as Michael Jordan. I don't know the exact wording. But he compared him to, like, God and Jesus. That's very high praise for a man. Mm-hmm. Especially Michael Jordan's only in his second or third year at that point. Yeah, it's come from Larry Bird. Yeah, who's one of the best players of all time. Yeah. And then in that same series, he also had another game that was also a 40-plus point game against the Celtics teams. Right. Who's And the Bulls' best players at that point were like Orlando Woldridge and, and uh, old George Gervin. Right. <laughs> in his last year in the NBA. Uh. So, I mean, if you thought those Cavs teams didn't have talent before LeBron left, the <laughs> Bulls really don't have talent. At least the Cavs teams had shooting. Like, at least a little bit of shooting to keep Le- LeBron, you know, able to get into the lane. So, like, and, and then look at the recent one, too. They had shooting around him. It was like he didn't have his team around him that he didn't want he had the team he wanted yeah and orlando woldridge was on crack he was one of those players that got cracked down (laughs) on because of the cocaine issue in the nba in the 70s and 80s yeah so he's playing with crackheads right not just against plumbers and electricians and stockbrokers he's playing with crackheads (laughs) on his team oh and then, yeah. and then even after Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant were added to that team, it's not like they made an immediate impact. Scottie Pippen averaged like nine points a game. 
Oh, he yeah. wasn't immediately an all-star caliber player, and Michael Jordan was still able to have a great record with Scotty and Horace Grant on those teams. Yeah. Before they became all-stars next to him. Yeah, but also remember that like Michael Jordan didn't have a... Was pl- Horace Grant even all-star with the Bulls? I don't think he was. Because I'm pretty sure MJ's only all-star teammate... Was Scotty Pippen. Was Scotty Pippen with them on the same team. Yeah, but we also have to remember... Because Dennis Pippen- Rodman wasn't an all-star 96 through 98. No, no. But, like, we have to remember that Scotty Pippen didn't only average over 21 points per game once. How many times has LeBron had that? As a teammate, he had two. You gotta tell me. I don't know. He had two. (laughs) He had two players, and it was Dwayne Wade basically every single year, and Kyrie Irving every single year. Scottie Pippen only averaged twenty-one points per game once, so it wasn't like Pippen's doing half the work here. Like it's all, it's mostly Jordan, and then Pippen's his sidekick to pick pick him up, and also when Jordan needs to come off the best best player, and also run the offense at, at times. So it's not again. It's LeBron has had so much more help than what people think. Back at those Heat teams that he was on, a lot of people are like, oh, he had like Mike Miller next to him or like Shane Battier. Back in those days when those teams were around, we were like, oh, yeah, he has a great supporting cast. Like those teams were so good that people didn't want them signing Greg Oden. Oh, yeah. Because they thought he'd make the team so much better. Yeah. That's how scared people were of this Heat team and how good they were. Other NBA teams were trying to get Greg Oden, who couldn't even play a full season in NBA, didn't even reach 100 games yet in his entire career five years after being drafted because they didn't want to take the chance of him becoming so good on that Heat team that he would make them that much harder to beat. Mm Mm-hmm. So <laughs> didn't the Pacers even sign like also Andrew? Bynum? Yeah, the Pacers <laughs> signed Andrew Bynum after coming off of like two knee injuries. Yeah, just to keep him off the Heat. <laughs> yeah, just to keep him off the Heat roster. Ugh. Yeah, so and that ended up messing up their whole team chemistry, along with trading Danny Granger as well. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's for another time. <laughs> but I, I and speaking of the Pacers, though, like what they when LeBron was on the Heat, that was like the only real that was their only real competition like, yeah, and again it's what i'm pointing to is like he only he, the east is so weak it's like you can't say oh well yeah jordan he had he could just go right through he had beat like this you know the weak team first in the first round i'm like yeah but then look what he had to face after that like Pat, patrick ewing the knicks like reggie Miller, the pacers like it the list goes on and lebron it's like he had to be a paul george in indiana yeah and, I mean, Roy Hibbert was good. Well, 2000, not, not in the playoffs, though. No, no, 2014 playoffs, he absolutely crumbled for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 2012, he was an all-star. In 2013, he was still very good and a great defensive presence near the rim. But, I mean, and Lance Stevenson was, I'd, I'd say Lance was a borderline all-star. Oh, yeah. He was, that at one the time, year. what would yeah. have been considered a triple-double machine. Yeah. And then David West was also very good, but none of those players are anywhere close to as good as Dwayne oh, Wade or Chris Bosh. Absolutely were. not. No. Paul George was like the only real offensive option on that yeah, team. Yeah, he was just getting started. Like, he was young. Yeah. 2013, he won most improved player that year. Yeah. And it's because of Danny Granger got injured. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows what would happen like, if Danny Granger was healthy? You know, you have Paul George at the two then, and who knows? Yeah. yeah, LeBron got lucky. Look at that, as we always say. Michael Jordan got lucky. Oh my gosh! He has good genetics. 
LeBron has amazing genetics. We need yeah. to know. We yeah. the biggest mystery in NBA history is not anything involving an NBA player directly. It's who's LeBron's father. Yeah, he certainly doesn't get that body from his mom. <laughs> yeah, very. Uh, Ronald Bivens. Okay, that's, that's one of the rumored people to be his dad. But anyway, yep. Uh, what, do we, what, do, what do we have next, Dinkman? So do you want to talk about your magic, or do you want to talk about Paul George? I think we could talk about Paul George, because no one cares about the magic other than me. All right, so uh, this was basically the big bomb that dropped on free agency was Paul George's re-signing with the Thunder. Yeah, for once, a player re-signing with a team is bigger than them leaving a team. <laughs> yeah. Um, four years, $137 million. There's a player option. I'm not, I heard it was a three-plus one, but then Woj then reported it was a two-plus an option. And then another option, just like that. It's kind of weird. But anyway, um, this is, I feel like, obviously this is huge. Like, this was a bigger thing than for the Thunder than trading for Paul George. Like, this is huge for them. But what I'm shocked at is that Paul George didn't sign a short-term deal because he, he's a nine-year vet. So if when he becomes a 10-year vet, he, he could take up 35% of the cap then for a max deal. Well, he signed a four-year deal, so like, what? I I, I was shocked he didn't take it like a one plus one and then just sign for another max deal. Yeah, but then if you're gonna sign the four-year, why don't you just sign the five? Right? <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, what do you? Like, you sign the you five. just helped the Thunder so much right there. Well, he's not that committed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So uh, I don't understand why he signed four. If you just just sign the five, that's in my opinion, but. For the Thunder, this is huge because now they actually have they have two superstars that we signed that are with them for the next four years. It looks like at least Russ signed an extension, that super max extension, and now they have Paul George with them. So at least they have some sort of like target, like uh, and uh, you know, they could build around them and they have an idea of what they're trying to do. Um, now the whole issue for them is their money, especially for the owners. The Thunder, as of right now, who just got Neuro's Noel, so I don't know what their payroll is for just players, but they had, with just 11 players before Neuro's Noel, they had the highest payroll in NBA history. It was just 11 players, that entire roster, and it was $156 million. You just had Neuro's Noel, so I guess now it's like $159 million. I think so. And um, because they were in the luxury tax this year, they're in the repeater tax now, so... Before Nerlens Noel, they were going to pay $130 million in luxury taxes. Add that up, it's going to be about $308 million in payroll. Great luck for the owners. Uh, adding Nerlens Noel, which is a $1.7 million deal per year, I think. Yeah, it's like a two-year minimum deal, yeah, which is something so, you only ever see in 2K when you're trying to sign yeah, so somebody. Good job by the Thunder for getting him. <laughs> but... Just, just to give you guys an idea, so be, that $1.7 million in the repeater tax is going to be $10 million for the Thunder. They have to pay $10 million for $1.7 million. That's insane. So what it looks like to me is that they're going to cut Mel. What do you think about that? I don't know. Because he only got one year left on his deal. So I mean, like, why not just keep him? And before, like, they got off to a kind of rocky start, but they had that stretch from then December. And then between yeah. when Andre Robertson got hurt, where their starting lineup was statistically the best lineup in the NBA. Yeah, they were at like twenty one eight or something like that yeah. at that time. So like I beat the Warriors and if you <laughs> just if you run that back again, 
having another year of being together as a team and building those relationships and not having the injuries on that team, that could be a very deadly team. Like, I know we all trashed Melo last year for how inefficient he was, but, I mean, running that back again and hopefully he can really find his role this season and his niche with this team, Mm -hmm. I don't see why they can't be, like, a near 60-win team. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially now because Russ and Paul George, like their their chemistry, like really showed as the season went on. Like they yeah. could really know they know where to find each other, and they could be a really dynamic duo. I feel like, and then Mel, I feel like is like that next part though. What is he going to bring you every single night? Is it going to be five points and shoot twelve shots, or is it going to actually be efficient and um, be a floor spacer and rebound the ball and play good solid defense for them? Yeah. And which that did not happen because he was like with Melo. It's like every time he touched the ball, he was like, I need to get my shot instead of passing it to like a wide open Paul George on the wing or like a wide open Alex Abrinas on the wing. He, he's always like, I got to get my shot. So he, I feel like he needs to understand that like, he needs to take a step back for them to win. And I, I always say, bring him, he needs to come off the bench. But, he's a perfect six man. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. But he's not going to accept that. So, if you're Billy Donovan, you have to you have to really think of a lineup. Like you bring Melo out early, and then you have him run the second unit again, maybe, and try that. Who knows? Because they did that early in the season, that didn't work. Um, but you know, it's. I think they just got to figure it out, and they could really be a threat to the Warriors. I feel like because they beat the Warriors twice in the season, so. Your thoughts? Um, I think uh, Melo is. Uh, he has one of the largest headbands in the NBA. Okay, so David's making me do weird transitions here, and he goes right into Melo's headband. Yeah, Melo's got a pretty big headband, and I think he might be trying to hide uh, something about his balling because he also wears a lot of a lot of hats. <laughs> and, uh, um, so <laughs> talking basketball here, um, if. So their options for the Thunder right now, they could either buy out Melo, which who knows if that will happen. If he does, if that does happen, or they cut him and stretch provision him, he could go to the Rockets. But for the Thunder specifically, if they do cut him and stretch him, they could save up to $100 million this year. So, like, I mean, then that gives him more flexibility so the owners don't have to pay such a big bill. And they're in a small market, so, I mean, this isn't Los Angeles here. But I... I think if you're the Thunder, you have to really consider that. Like, if you want to bring in more players, but they're actually talking with Tyreek Evans also, who I'd be shocked if he only signs for like a mid level. Yeah, there's but, no way. I mean, he signs for like a mid level. Yeah, but like, deal. if they could get someone like him to team up with it, like, that's a pretty solid guy to have off the bench. And maybe even start if Roberson can't find a shot still, which I don't expect him to anytime soon. No. So. I mean, uh, off the court, he's he's, uh, got a pretty nice shot. Yeah, the only (laughs) shot he's made. Um, So I feel like if you're the Thunder, especially if you're re-signing like a Brinus and they just brought back Jeremy Grant, you might need to actually like consider cutting Melo just just to save your money so you don't have to pay such a big bill to the league and you can have more flexibility. Now, granted, I wish they were the owners were willing to pay that when they had Harden and Durant. Yeah. Three so, MVPs. Yeah. Like, in the, in the future, there are going to be kids who think that pictures... Ah, my bad. Yeah, Duncan just hit his knee on the table. Ow. In the future, there are going to be kids 
that see pictures of Kevin Durant, Westbrook, and Harden all on the Thunder together, and they're gonna think that's photoshopped. Yeah, <laughs> like kids that are like just bat- new basketball fans and like learning more about like the history of the league. Yeah, they're gonna think that's photoshopped. <laughs> yeah, especially with Harden with his very short beard yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's gonna be interesting to hear. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine that, and someone telling you that, yeah, Harden, Durant, they weren't, what do you mean they were on the same team? Yeah. <laughs> uh. um, so uh, I, uh, when we were recording this, uh, we were out of space on our laptop here that we're recording this on, and uh, Duncan got some NBA news that uh, he might want to break here. He's the new Woj. No, I'm just getting <laughs> tweets from Woj. Um, oh, okay. so, so Rajon Rondo has decided to sign the Lakers. One-year deal. Oh, boy. No details yet, but it's kind of odd to me because he was, you know, part of that Celtics team. Yeah, so. Celtics and Lakers, both on one team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you were upset with the whole Lane Stevenson thing also, yeah. which I'm actually kind of upset, too. Like, that was really fun yeah. to watch. So, like, I'm fine, I'm fine with JaVale being on the Lakers. I don't know if like, he had enough history with the Warriors facing LeBron to really be kind of odd seeing him on the team, but... Rondo having faced LeBron in the playoffs so many times and just being in the East in general, having to go up against LeBron, it's going to feel wrong seeing them on the same team together, especially being one of the better Celtics in history, mm-hmm. now being a Laker. And then Lance Stevenson, I post this on the NBA News, he's faced LeBron in the playoffs like five of the last seven or eight years, I want to say, right? Yeah, with Indiana and then yeah, three, with, with LeBron's Miami. Yeah. yeah bunch of times with indiana and every year he's just been in lebron's face all the time just bugging the crap out of him yeah (laughs) and he just doesn't seem to like lebron in general yeah why are they on the same team now i don't know i mean maybe maybe lance stevens is just gonna be blowing lebron's ear seriously whole game (laughs) in the locker room he's just gonna constantly be blowing it in his ear like there's that key and peel skit that they did with the minor league baseball team they're like flap ass i don't know if you've seen that before but i know i know it's yeah Yeah. it's it's hilarious and i don't always get confused between which one's which one of them goes around like you know in baseball they constantly slap each other on the butt yeah and every and he's like it's playing off like it's a like like a drug addiction so he's addicted to slapping each other on the butt and every time he does it, like <laughs> he's got like this stupid <laughs> lisp right and, like stop and like getting him help it's gonna be the same thing with lance stevens except blowing in lebron's ear every single day oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, too bad we're not gonna see those you know funny tactics anymore yeah <laughs> between him and lebron yeah <laughs> It'll be interesting to see him play together. I don't know yeah. how it's going to work. Yeah. I mean, maybe Lance will start guarding him just randomly. Yeah, LeBron versus Lance Stevens is the best one-sided rivalry in history until yeah. now. <laughs> uh, so so and, uh, we went from Paul George to that. Yeah. And though, uh, with Rajon Rondo now leaving the Pelicans, I thought he was going to come back. Yeah. But so. as soon as uh, this happened, it wasn't hap- going to happen. Alfred Payton, who recently cut off the mop on his head, yeah. is going back home to Louisiana to play for his New Orleans Pelicans, if you didn't know. He's from Gretna, Louisiana, which is like five minutes outside of New Orleans, so he obviously grew up there. So I think it could be nice to see him playing for what's technically his hometown team. Now, he never actually uh, went to an NBA game before he played in his first NBA game. His first NBA game he ever played in was the first professional game he'd ever gone to, actually. Oh, wow. Fun fact about Alfred there. And he actually has a New Orleans Hornets tattoo, I'm pretty sure, on his arm for his hometown team. 
Hey. They're now the Pelicans. I know fun things you learn as a Magic fan. Yeah. <laughs> so so he's, he's there on a one-year $2.7 million deal. I, he'll do pretty much the same exact job Rondo is. I mean, hopefully he'll shoot better. He's like he's he's pretty much the knockoff version of Rondo, Rajon Rondo. Right. He does the exact same thing Rondo does. Plays defense. Can't shoot the ball extremely well. I, I feel like Rondo's passes the ball. Rondo's I feel like more intelligent. Yeah, Rondo's a much more intelligent player so than Alfred. That's gonna, There's not a lot of players that are more intelligent yeah, than Rondo. Right, and it's gonna. I think that was, that's what's gonna hurt them. Yeah. I'm, there's a lot of Pelicans fans that are super excited to have Alfred Payton on the team because I don't think they realize that he's not actually a good defensive player. Right. Like, I saw some tweet that's like, Alfred Payton, Holiday, and Anthony Davis all in one lineup together. That's the best defensive team in the NBA right mm, there. Yeah. <laughs> no, Alfred Payton's one of the worst defensive players in the NBA. Right. I mean, he does get steals, it, but it's... Like, his defensive rating was like 113.1 last year. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Or at least it was with the Suns. Like, what well, the Suns are? Yeah, okay. There's a bad team. Like, uh, but that's like really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> now maybe that changes because you'll actually be able to see past his hair this season. Yeah. So hopefully he can shoot the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. This because it did literally get in the way of his shot and even his free throws. Sometimes when he'd bring the ball up, it would hit his hair before going up. Ugh. Yeah. At first it was fun. Because he had a more unique hairstyle in the NBA. Once it started actually like impeding his ability to play, that's when I was like, "All right, you need to cut that off your head." And he didn't want to cut it though because like he he wanted like didn't he like a bet in high school or something like that. So the story goes is like that when he, he was had in, to win, right? Was that when he was in high school with his high school team? They all agreed at the start of the season to not cut their hair until they won the state championship. And so they ended up getting eliminated in the state semifinals, but Alfred liked what his hair was doing, and so he just kept letting it grow and grow and grow. Until it was in his face. <laughs> Until this last offseason when he cut it, and it was pretty much in his face, and he couldn't see anymore. <laughs> so he's cut it now. Hopefully he'll be better, and maybe he'll uh, be another magic player that the team let go. And becomes good. Although, if we look at that trade, the Magic technically won that because the Suns don't have Alfred Payton anymore, and we ended up trading um, that second rounder we got into Justin Jackson, who was supposed to be a first rounder last year for injuries, but we're not going to get into that right now. But while we are on the topic of the Magic... It's time for David to cry. Yeah. I Mar- Mario Hazonia left the Orlando Magic last night to sign with the Knicks on a one-year, $6.5 million contract. And, uh... When I, when I saw this news, uh, I didn't really know what to do with my life anymore. Because Mario Hazonia was my favorite player on the Magic, despite him being labeled a bust and all that. But he's he is a very fun player to watch, and I'd been behind him since day one. I was literally the first person at the Amway Center team shop to get his jersey. Or at least that's what I was told, because when I bought the jersey, they said, you're actually the first person ever to get one of these jerseys. No one's coming in and bought a Hazonia jersey yet. I'm like, oh, cool. That was about the extent of that conversation with the cashier. But I've literally been behind Hazonia since day one. I'm wearing his jersey right now that he autographed for me in Milwaukee this past season. I asked. I've often called him my large adult son. And now he's on the Knicks. And I don't know what to do. And I literally cried for 20 minutes. I'm serious. I cried for 20 minutes. Yeah, this just shows how much David loved his own, yeah. LeBron 
or not LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> he might as well. Le, Mario Hazonia is better than LeBron James, okay? <laughs> I don't care. LeBron, Le, Mar, Mario Hazonia is the best player in the NBA to me. Anyway, so I guess I'm a Knicks fan now. I'm, I'm it's kind of hard to be, not going to lie. I guess I'm a Knicks fan now. I already kind of like them because I like Mike Breen and he does commentating for them. I'm excited for the bang calls when Mario Hazonia makes a three-pointer late in the game and he's a breakout player with them. I mean, hopefully he gets playing time. Oh, he's, def- he's definitely getting playing time with them because they don't really have any great wing players. I mean, uh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking Tim Hardaway Jr., but that's, I guess, it. That's it, yeah. Because in his exit interviews and with Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, he said that his number one priority going into free agency was playing time and then money. Mm. and the Knicks could offer him more playing time than the Magic could, and then you add on top that they're able to offer him more money. Right. Then that's a done deal right there, and he grew up a Knicks fan as well. Yeah. Like, the only piece of NBA clothing that he had was a Knicks hoodie growing up. So that's always been his, like, favorite team. Mm. And I, I, although deep down in my heart, I thought Mario was going to stay, but realistically... I think we all knew he was going to leave the Magic. But the worst part of it is that this was a completely preventable move. And he could really still be a Magic player. But the Magic's front office decided to not pick up his fourth-year option for next season, thus making him an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Which meant that if we wanted to re-sign him, the most we could offer him was one year and $5.2 million which would have been the contract he would have had had we picked up his player option. So, I don't know. I just don't really know what to do anymore because now my favorite player is gone, and it's not like in 2012 when Dwight Howard is my favorite player and left under just terrible circumstances to where I was just angry that he had forced himself out and had done all he did and you know, which just was a left huge us mis- without. That was a huge mistake by him. Yeah, yeah so. that was the biggest mistake of his career. And he act- recently, Dwight Howard actually said that that really awkward uh, moment with Stan Van Gundy where he had just gotten finished talking about how Dwight was trying to get him fired and Dwight had no idea, just came up with being all buddy-buddy with him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he came out and said that was actually the worst day of his life, which congrats to Dwight Howard on that being the worst day of your life because you must have a pretty good life if that's yeah, the worst yeah. day of your life. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be Dwight Howard if that was the worst day of my life. Yeah, and then speaking with but, one more move by the Magic here that just oh yeah makes David even more upset. Yeah, like <laughs> I understand why because last season the Magic signed Shelvin Mack to a two-year, twelve million dollar deal with the second year being a team option, only one million of that being guaranteed, and it made sense to let him go even though we don't have a spot at point guard because that saves us five million dollars in cap space. But the weird part is that instead of paying the $1 million up front for just this upcoming season, having that affect our cap, we're deciding to pay 333000 of that each year for the next three years to add up to that $1 million. Yes, why, they stretch provision them. So. Why? I have no idea. I guess the Magic just like length. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, because yeah. they, they drafted Bamba, and they have Isaac and Gordon, who are all super huge, and then... They like they have the one do Jackson and Melvin Frazier now who they drafted recently, and then guys like Biombo who I they're gonna have to keep because he's untradeable. Kem Birch he's a long guy, 
half these guys most NBA fans don't know the names of. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Terrence Ross is also pretty long. Right, but you well. guys still need a point guard. Yes, so still need a point guard. I'm looking at Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I don't think it's realistic. I don't. But know. if any team could hide his inefficiencies on defense, it would definitely in the paint. Magic. It would definitely be this Magic team without all that length. Um, and then uh, another cheap option would probably be uh, Yogi Ferrell, who I think right. is a restricted free agent. Probably with the Mavericks. Yeah, he doesn't quite fit the bill of length that they have. And then Dante Exum with the Jazz, who I think the Jazz would. Excuse me, I burped there. Match any offer that comes his way. Yeah. Well, almost any offer. That's within reason. No team's going to give him a max contract. Yeah, I mean, no one had, not a lot of teams have money to spend. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't expect the Jazz to be really considering Uh, letting him go. I was hoping Fred Van Vliet would be available for the Magic, but the Raptors picked him up on two years, 18 million. Which, that was a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal for a Freddie Van Vliet. Well, now I feel like, though, with the Raptors, you just, I was, I was thinking just blow it up. But now that LeBron's you to, gone, you have to run it back for another back. one or two yeah. seasons. I run it back one more up. year. I run it back one more year because then Lowry's like what thirty four. He's get, he's starting to get up there. Yeah, in and age. Like this year it showed he. And he's reaching the end of his prime for sure. Yeah, but this year it showed he only averaged sixteen points per game. I'm not. Yeah, part of that was the different offense that was more pass heavy than isolation. Yeah, but I mean, like DeRozan averaged what, like twenty six. Still, anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter. They're the Raptors. No one cares about Toronto. Well, this I mean, is America. I mean, LeBron's <laughs> out of the East. So. <laughs> uh, 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 so, for your Magic fans, though, David's going to be kind of happy, I guess, about this. Uh, Aaron Gordon resigned. Yeah. Yeah, The Aaron Gordon, at the end of the season's exit interview, said that he was looking to get a max contract. And I don't think he said that he wouldn't accept anything less than that, but it it seemed kind of implied that he wouldn't take anything less than that. And the max that we could have offered him was four years and $105 million. Yeah. And we ended up getting him for far less than that after other teams spent money because they're like, well, there's no point in giving him a big offer because the Magic is going to match. We ended up keeping him for $21 million cheaper on a four-year $84 million contract. Right. I mean, it's, what, $21 million a year? Yeah, that so that averages out to twenty one million a year, and I assume that it's probably not a flat rate of twenty one million. Yeah, I assume yeah, he gets paid just, less yeah. than that, and then more as the contract goes on. Yeah, bird rates. Yeah, so. but obviously, average twenty one million a year. So that's a very. I feel that's a very good contract for a guy who. I don't know if he'd necessarily be a breakout season last year, but he definitely showed that he has potential. I think to become an all star. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm a Magic fan. Right. I, I will say this, though. That the, my only concern with this, and, and, you know, you probably couldn't sign up, it's just, like, it's the fact that it's four years. I mean, considering how, you know, you guys don't really have much cap space right now. Yeah. Like, you just kind of ate up a lot for next yeah. that does, couple that of years. That does eat up a lot of cap space, and we're not going to have any cap space next year. But in 2020, Biombo's contract comes off the books, and Evan Fournier's contract comes off the books, and that's $34 million I think together that's already off the books right yeah, there. Yeah, but like how far are you in the luxury tax right now? I don't think we are. You're not? Okay. Because I don't think this team would go into the luxury tax not without even a guarantee that we're making the playoffs. Okay. Well then, we'll see. I don't really know a whole lot about really any team's cap situations, but I don't think the Yeah, Magic but like, I, I'm just tax. saying, that like, are you like, okay, then how far are you above the cap? <laughs> are you not above the cap oh, at no, all? No, we're not above the cap. Really? Okay. okay. Wait, do you, well. Are you saying, like, above the cap meaning we have money to spend or above the cap meaning that we don't have money to spend? 
No, I'm saying like we don't are, have are money you, to spend. Yeah, are you above like 101 right now? I don't know. We we don't have money to spend. That's, I mean, you have your the, mid level. I yeah, yeah I get Other that. Other than the mid level and minimum contracts, we don't have money to spend. Yeah. Okay. See that that's my issue though. It's all like, right. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like, well, if you're don't have, if you're just gonna, um, you said like you know you get 34 million off the books. Like, but I mean, how far are you above the cap then already to then, uh, like if if you're already above the cap, that 34 million isn't 34 million to spend then. Oh, I mean, I would assume that we'd renounce rights to Biombo, so that would clear up a major cap hold. Yeah. And then I don't see for if we were to keep Fournier, I don't see him getting more than seventeen million like he did this past contract. That's just me. I'd say he's more in the twelve to fifteen million dollar range, I, I, honestly. I, Even though he was technically our leading scorer, a lot of people think it's Aaron Gordon. But Evan Fournier at, uh beat Aaron Gordon out by like point one points a game. And like twenty points on the season overall. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying though, just just to remind <laughs> you that one. So like you have to pay Isaac and Bamba. At yeah, some but point. At, but in 2020 they'll still be on the rookie contract. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, because then you, but, t- yeah, you just signed Gordon to the same length as Bamba's contract now, so you have to pay them both at the exact same time. Yeah. But the hope is that the team will be good enough by 2020 to at least be a playoff team and show some promise. I mean, yeah, that we'd you be able, go over the cap and that we'd everything. be able to attract the star player to come to Orlando. A lot of people don't see it, but I personally think there's a lot of incentives to playing in Orlando that aren't basketball related too. Yeah. Cause obviously you got Disney world. If you're a family person, you're going to want to go to Disney world with yeah. your family in the sun in the summer. Right. Two, it's warm. It doesn't snow here. Everybody likes warm weather. Don't try and tell me that you that in the same position, like the teams, you would rather play in Minnesota than playing in Orlando. If they're in the exact same position on the exact right. same roster, you would much rather play somewhere where it's more enjoyable to live and doesn't snow eight months out of the year. Yeah. In Orlando. Yeah. And then the biggest thing, obviously, especially if you're signing like a max contract, there is no state income tax in Florida. All the money that you make on your contracts anywhere else, like obviously if you sign in Miami, I think Texas doesn't have a state income tax yeah, either. Texas does not, yeah. So there's five teams in the NBA where you do not have to pay an income tax for state taxes, and you can keep so much more of the money that you're paying, that you're getting signed to. That's a big incentive, well, I think, I'm as just, well, that gets undervalued. Yeah. Granted, it's like, again, it's not like a humongous market, so... I mean, it's better than most places yeah, but, due to the weather. But I, like, I mean, Grant, Paul George just stayed. But I'm saying you might have to trade for a star and then oh, recruit yeah, him. Sure. There's been a lot of Kemba Walker trade rumors. I don't I know mean, if those are true. Well, I mean, you could go I get them. You can I easily get them. I haven't seen them coming from Woj or anybody. But I think you can easily get him though. I mean, yeah, yeah it's just like then, then obviously you got to recruit him when he's there. Yeah, there's obviously the connection with Steve Clifford, who coached him for the majority of his time in Charlotte. Right. Um, you probably have to give up some picks. <laughs> Maybe I'm not comfortable giving up draft picks because we haven't made the playoffs in the last six. That's very years. true, <laughs> and especially with the Brooklyn Nets situation, they're yeah. finally getting their draft pick 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just in general, I think the NBA isn't exactly willing to give up first rounders because of that Celtics Nets trade from a few years back. Yeah, but like I said, like you said though, the East is wide open. Yeah, the East is definitely wide open. So I mean, this is the time to start getting your team together, be competitive in the next three years. Yeah, like the like the 
the first 15, like 14, I guess, games of the season, the Magic went 8-4 and four and were literally number one in the Eastern Conference yeah. for a few minutes. And then, like, the Celtics won a game and then took it back. But they were number one in the East and were in the top three. And then all the injuries started. And, yeah. that, and then yeah, yeah. the Magic never <laughs> the, recovered the from that. injuries were just horrible for you guys. Yeah, like, ma- like all the major news outlets were like, are the Magic for real? And looking at the stats, obviously the shooting was unsustainable. But you bring that back down to average, like an average rate, then, you know, yeah, that average is probably sustainable and you could be a playoff team. And then obviously the injury to Jonathan Isaac and Simmons and pretty much everybody on the Orlando Magic roster. Terrence Ross as well. Yep. Magic just couldn't recover from that and really just had to tank the rest of the season despite Frank Vogel wanting to build a winning culture the last 10 games. And ended up working out because he still got Mobamba, but we could have had Trey Young, but who, which we need a point guard, which would have been a better pick for us. But I'm not going to get into it. I like Mobamba. He should. seems very intelligent. He should. He seems very intelligent and like he's willing to get better. And uh, he, he got, got length. Du- he got yeah, length. Yeah, he's got length. Longest wingspan in the NBA. And uh, he got dunked on by Joel Embiid. Personally, I think that it was a double dribble. Okay. <laughs> Embiid lost the ball, got it back, took another dribble and dunked it. But the media doesn't want to show you is that in a pickup game the next day, Bamba dunked on Embiid. I don't know how many people saw that. Mm. Bamba got Embiid back. Right. In fact, Embiid actually got out of the poster because Bamba was coming in hot. And Embiid was like, I'm not getting dunked on. So, yeah, welcome to the league. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Any Bulls news for you? No Bulls news, besides the fact that um, they're just waiting. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good strategy. On, Le- on Levine? Well, on really any of the free agents right now. Um, I'm kind of a, l- a little upset that because I know Nawaba probably isn't asking for a ton. So if I'm the Bulls, I don't risk Nawaba because that could some team with their mid-level could just easily just snatch him. And I don't want that to happen. I feel like Nawaba's kind of an undervalued player around the league. Yeah, but then like you know, once once everything starts drying up, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, all right, we got we got our mid level here. What are we gonna use it on? Yeah, like last year the Magic waited a lot, and a lot of fans were upset that we took forever to actually like sign any names. But we waited forever. We were patient, and then the Spurs eventually renounced the rights to Jonathan Simmons. Yeah. And then we were able to get him on a very team-friendly contract. Like oh, absolutely. Three years, $18 million with a player option for the second. And it, it goes gets down. cheaper yeah. as it goes along, too. So, um, so the Bulls could get something like that. But I mean, I'm just saying, Nawaba, I don't think he's asking for more than like $5 million. No, so just, no just, just get it done yeah. to me. Um, with Levine, I would wait because, granted, the Hawks and Kings are interested in Levine. But, again, I don't really see much happening because... The max the Kings can offer right now is seventeen million. Hawks can offer like twenty plus, but if you're the Hawks, you do not want to just use up all your cap space no, on Levine. No, I would not waste that on. Yeah, so on Levine. I I think right now because sooner or later those teams are gonna start spending their money. Um, and I feel like you know once all the teams spend their money, Levine can't really get a contract that that's gonna be humongous. So, um, then that's when the Bulls you know offer like, hey, we're we're willing to offer you fourteen fifteen million here. For like the next four years or whatever, or you offer him like that a contract or he, and like just a player option the next year or something like that, just so you know we can reevaluate. But that's just my take on it. I feel like we should just wait as they're doing. Um, 
just what I don't want is to happen is that we sign like I just don't want, like we don't want to sign Nawaba to like four years and thirty two million like, like how we did with Felicio last <laughs> offseason. That was immediate. That like that was the once free agency start last offseason. It was like four years, thirty two million to Cristiano Felicio. I'm like That's a lot for Felicio. I'm like, okay. I mean I like Felicio at that at that time I like Felicio, but he's going trash all of a sudden. Like even then. Eight million a year for Felice. Yeah, it's it's gonna be nine much. and a half million or something like that in the fourth year. I'm like, yay. <laughs> so, uh, Bulls, just we gotta be patient, I guess. I don't really expect us to find, you know, like that Jonathan Simmons that you guys no. found. I don't really expect that. Granted, we have space. Um, but I mean, like, I don't see Marcus Smart coming to our team. I don't, I really don't see that because I mean, I, I'd rather keep Nawaba who's he's gonna be cheaper. Yeah. Um, and then really nobody else. Like Tyreek Evans still out there, but I don't want him. He's getting old, so I think we just gotta wait until our main our main guy Zach Levine comes back, and then we'll fit the other pieces around. Now I will say though, if everyone goes like is up to plan, like how they um, improve every year, if they're up to plan, then as like you say, we should make the playoffs now with the East wide open with yeah. your Magic. There's also. a very real chance that. Literally, almost any team in the East could make the playoffs this season outside of yeah. like, the Hawks. Because I feel like now, because obviously Celtics, it's Celtics immediately, right? Yeah. So then, then Philly. Yeah, Celtics, Philly, Toronto. Well, I feel like Milwaukee Celtics, and Celtics Indiana are a different tier sure. than Philly. I feel yeah. like, and then then yeah, I, those I have five Indiana, are definitely in. I have Indiana, and, and then that's a race Milwaukee. for the last three spots for the six yeah. or eight seeds. Pistons could easily get in now. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, Hornets should probably trade Kemba. Trade him to the Magic. So only gain twelve million a year, um, and then then it's just you know I, the Knicks are not going to be relevant because Porzingis out to at least January, so it's wide open for you know Magic and Bulls to get in. Yeah, I mean just at least get in. I'm not expecting when, just get in. Yeah, because I don't want to be in the lottery again. It's already been horrible. So. Look who's talking. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been <laughs> horrible for me. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you got. You might have a long way to go. <laughs> hey, hey, we actually have a chance here to get into the I playoffs. Know, it's, we've only been a lottery technically twice, so yeah, I don't really count. Twenty sixteen, yeah. I think it was, because you guys were the fourteenth team in the lottery. That's almost playoffs. Yeah, and then you could count marking in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, really, no. no that's just, that's just a trade. I, that's not that doesn't count. I don't right. think. Technically, twice, but really once. Yeah. So, hopefully, we get into the playoffs. Yep. And it sounds like uh, we either have a person or a cat coming downstairs. We record these in my basement. Nope. Nope. All right. All right. So I think that'll. Uh, I think that might wrap things up today. Ryan Holland's go off national television. And stop talking. Don't embarrass yourself even more. All right, Ryan Hollins, if you're listening to this, please listen to Duncan. He might have an aneurysm if you go back on, and you don't want to be responsible for killing somebody. <laughs> so Just d- stop living the moment. I, you're, we all understand that you're jealous you didn't get to play with LeBron. We get it. <laughs> Who's so, not the greatest of all time. So uh, that I think that concludes today's episode of the underscore NBA News Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore NBA News. We have critically acclaimed followers such as Antoine Walker. We have college basketball analyst Stephen Howard. We have had JG Reddit comment and even some musical acts, Andrew Dost from the band Fun. 
follows the account. Shout out to him. Fun's one of my favorite bands of all time. Or you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore NBA News Pod. We'll see you next time. We'll talk about Summer League a bit and a little bit more of the free agency signings that come up. So until then, have an awesome day.